Um, well, good morning once again. Like I said before, I really, really, really miss you guys. I miss everyone. I, this is wonderful and I'm thankful that we're able to do this, but man, I'm pretty sure you'll hear me say this every Sunday until we get together again, but I miss you. I wonder if in the monitor, if we could have the piano turned down a little bit. So I'm gonna talk from Psalms 91, which is a scripture verse that we have heard a lot. You see it posted a lot. I see it posted a lot. And um, so I'm gonna talk about it, but um, I'm gonna break it up a little bit. And it's just gonna be the, the beginning of Psalms 91, but we're gonna kinda go there. So Psalms 91 is the covenant psalm between God and his people um, to keep them in perfect safety. That is the, the essence behind it. It is, it is a promise that God will keep us safe. So we'll start Psalms 91 verse one says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. So starting off, it says, he who dwells. So who is it? What's, who's it referring to? He who dwells, who's he? Who's he? Is it, is it the minister who dwells? The preacher? The one who's been called by God? The one who um, is super spiritual? Is it that person? Is it the one who has a title? Is it somebody of big importance? Is it that person who dwells in the secret place? Who is he? And it's important for us to recognize this because sometimes we elevate people and we put people on pedestals. But when he says, he who dwells, it means whoever. Whoever dwells in the secret place. He, she, it's, it's without title. It's whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Then it goes on and it says the word dwell, he who dwells. That word dwell means to remain, to sit, to stay, to settle in, uh, to habitate. It's a place where you live, something that you're not separate from. It's a fixed position. In other words, it's not the place that you visit, it's the place that you remain. He who remains in the secret place. He, he, who, he who sits there, he doesn't come and go. He who dwells in the secret place. And I believe that the beginning of this verse is an invite for you to come and stay and remain in the presence of God with him in the secret place. It's, it's beyond when you just invite him into your life. It's beyond when you just say, um, the, say the sinner's prayer, ask him into your life. It's beyond that. It's a place of living from the presence of God at this in John 15 it says this verse 1 I am a true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest I could preach on that but I won't I'll keep going the words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you then it says in verse four, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. 
For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined with mine. He's saying, you, you must remain here with me. You must remain here. He says, I remain with you. I don't leave you. I don't let go. I remain, but you must remain. You must stay intimate with me. You must be constantly with me. It's, a, it's, it's beyond Sunday mornings. It's beyond coming to church and, and, and doing your religious duty. It's beyond that. He's, he's inviting you into a place that goes beyond your devotional of 365 days where you read a scripture and that's nice and you carry on. Not that those things are bad, but he's inviting you at the beginning of this verse into a place that's much deeper than that. An intimate place, a place into his heart. In Psalms 40, verse 6, it says, It's not sacrifice that moves his heart. It's when he opens up my ears and speaks deeply to me. What's he saying there? He's saying it, it's, not, it's not just sacrifice. It's not just doing the things that moves his heart. Although there will be times where those things will be required of us, where we will need to sacrifice and let go of some things because fire falls on sacrifice. But what moves his heart is the place where he can go and speak intimately to you. That's what it's saying. He loves to spend time with you. He loves to talk with you. And it's beyond just Sunday mornings. It goes on in John 15 to say, I'm the sprouting vine. This is verse five. I'm the sprouting vine and you're my branches. And you live in union with me as your source. If we, if we could have a, a, a revelation or a realization that he is our source, that everything that we need comes to him, I must stay connected with him because he's my source. He says, fruitfulness will stream from within you, but when your lives are separated from me, you're powerless. Let's stop for just two seconds and just think about that. that. That God ordained his people to be full of power. He, he gave them power within them to, to be able to do things. And we find that in the Western world, a lot of the church is powerless. Why? I think because we've quite possibly made Sunday mornings our ritual or God our ritual something that just makes us feel good as opposed to our very source living in life union with him then it goes on it says if a person is separated from me, he is discarded, such as branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. 
When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. He says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Continually let my love go in. Continually let my love go. Not just come Sunday morning, got a touch from God, go back. Come back Sunday morning, got a touch from God. No, continually. My love, you must let it continually nourish you. It says, if you keep my commands, you will live in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands. He says, I've got things I want to say to you so that you can live them out and follow them out. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. So is Jesus saying that. I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. I'm telling you these things so that your joy may be full. I'm telling you these things that you need to be connected with the Father all the time, in communion with him, intimately joined with him so that your joy would be full. I'm telling you that you need to obey what the Father is saying so that your joy would be full. That's what Jesus said. Back to Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. A secret place. A secret place is your covering, your shelter, your hiding place, your protection. It's about His presence. He who remains in his presence, he who remains in his shelter, he who remains with him. It's about his presence. In, in Song of Solomon, verse two, or chapter two, verse 14, it says, for you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. This is God saying this. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. He says, let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship. How lovely your voice in prayer. He's saying, I love, I love, I love when you come and sit with me. I love to hear your voice. I love to see your face. I love to hear the songs you sing. I love when you come. It's about his presence. Secret place is about constant communion with the Father, being in communion. It's, 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 it's the place where you live from. It's your hiding place that when the storms of life begin to rage, when things begin to, he's, I'm hidden by my Father. I'm surrounded by my Father. But what's happened is a lot of us have our own secrets that we run to. We have our own things that we go to and we try to hide ourselves in them. We try to hide our pain in them. We try to, we, we try to mask whatever we can. When we get afraid, when we get scared, when, when, things, when we get upset, we go and we run to something opposite of who the, what the Father has ordained for us, the secret place where we are hidden in Him, where when life begins to get unbearable and too much, He hides us, but instead of running to Him, we run run opposite and we have our own secrets and our own things that we run to 
and we dwell there. And we dwell there. And the thing is, is in the beginning of Psalms 91, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it begins to list the things of safety and protection that come. But I'm telling you, when you're dwelling in these secrets, when this becomes your hiding place, this will not save you. There is no protection here. This is not a safe place. This is not a healthy place. That's why, that's why he invites, he who dwells, this is the Father, he who dwells in this place. He who dwells with me in this place. I wanna protect you. I wanna keep you safe. I wanna be that one that heals you in this place. I want to be that person to you. Please stop running to those things, to that place. Look at this, Psalms 81, verse seven. He says, you called in the time of trouble and I rescued you. I answered you in the secret place. I tested you at the waters. Here, oh my people, I will admonish you. If you would listen to me, and he says, let there be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And then listen to the heart of the Father in this verse 11, but my people would not listen to my voice. And Israel did not consent to obey me. So I gave them up to the stubbornness of their heart to walk in the path of their own counsel. Oh, that my people would listen to me and that Israel would walk in my ways. Because they wouldn't listen, so I just gave them up to the stubbornness of their heart, to letting them do what they want to do. But the heart of the Father says, oh, that they would listen to me and walk in my ways, because what does the Bible say? My ways are higher than your ways. They're better. But a lot of us ignore, ignore the voice of God, and then we wonder how we got into the mess that we're in. But we're left to our own vices, the own stubbornness of our heart. In Ephesians 5, verse 11, it says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when you are exposed by the light, for everything that becomes visible is light. Say, bring the things to the light. Expose those things to the light, whatever it is that you keep hidden in your life, trying to fix them, trying to make them better, bring them to the light. Don't keep them hidden in other secret places. Don't keep them hidden in darkness. Expose them. How do you expose them? Bring them into the presence of God. Bring them to the Father. 
Tell somebody close to you, whatever you have to, but those things will keep you in bondage. Those things will bring your ruin. Don't, don't keep them in darkness. Bring them to the light. One of the biggest things that'll set you free, bring it to the light. Get help. But most importantly, understand that in your mess, whatever you try to cover in those places, that you can come into the presence of God and He will help you deal with it. Isaiah 6. Isaiah is in, is in the secret place and in that place he has an encounter with God. And as he has this encounter with God, he, there, there's this encounter that begins to happen and he begins to cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He, he's, he's undone, the Bible says. He becomes undone. He gets wrecked. He gets ruined. The fear of God begins to enter in as he recognizes how awesome God is. And this is all happening in the secret place. He becomes undone. And as, as he's recognizing all who God is from the secret place, he suddenly has this realization that there's stuff in me that has to come out. I, I, I gotta get this out. I, I'm not worthy, there's stuff in me. And God begins to cleanse his life from the secret place. God begins to cleanse him. And then in that moment, God says, who, who can I send? And Isaiah picks up his purpose, send me, send me. He picks up the commission of God from the secret place. And so this is the thing, is everything happen, that happens in the secret place, there's an ease. You deal with your junk easy in the secret place. You find your purpose in the secret place. But what a lot of us tend to do is we go from this place trying to fix our junk and, and, then we'll get to, and then we'll go to the secret place. Once I get my life dealt with, then I'll go to God. I'll find my purpose, I'll look for it over here, and then I'll go to God. But there's an ease that happens in the secret place. This is the place where he's inviting you to. The secret place. Time spent in the presence of God reveals our true thoughts and selfish motivations that might otherwise escape unnoticed. So true. So many times where God will just say something to me just so blunt but so loving. We're like, hey, you know, you're the one with the bad attitude or, you know, whatever. Or, or like Wayne once said, you know, that's a whole bunch of self-pity. And, and it shocks you, but because it's coming from a loving father, there's an ease that comes with it that it's like, okay, well, I can deal with it. As opposed to me telling Wayne or, you know, or someone telling me or my husband telling me, you have a bad attitude. Well, that's not going to go over as well as if God tells me. From the secret place, the fruit of the Spirit takes root and grows. We start to see our lives from an internal, eternal perspective. 
It's the area of the secret place where things that you have carried, things that you know aren't right, are much easier seen and much easier dealt with. It's the secret place where the Father tells you secrets. It's a place of healing. Then the verse goes on to say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word shall means guaranteed. Absolutely guaranteed. He, who's, he who dwells in the secret place of a guarantee will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And the shadow is your shade, your defense, your protection. The Father shadows you. He overshadows you. Guaranteed. But the enemy, he'll try to cast a shadow as well. He'll try to. And his shadow is a shadow of fear, a shadow of doubt, a shadow of insecurity, a shadow of what ifs, a shadow of anxiety, a shadow of whatever he can cast. That's why you need to live in the secret place. Because God's shadow is much, much, much bigger. But you need to be in the secret place. In the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Shadow. And then it goes on to say, and I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. And I used to think this was a faith statement, and maybe it is, that I will say, I, I will continue. But as I was studying this, I, I started to look at it differently. No, when I'm in the secret place, when I'm living from this place, When I'm in this place, I know how much He loves me, how much He cares for me, how much I'm protected, that from this place I say, He's my refuge. Because I'm hidden in Him. It's not just something that I'm hoping for, it's something that I know. See, when you know and understand how much He loves you, how much He cares, you don't worry. And I'm sure there's farther than all of us can go. <laughs> but you wouldn't worry. If you knew the depth of how much He cared and how much He saw, how much He loved, you wouldn't worry. But it's from this place, from the secret place you say, and I say, he is my refuge. But it's he who dwells in the secret place. I think sometimes we skip over those words and recognize that there is an invite that he's bringing us into, that he who dwells, come here and dwell with me. Don't let me just be Sunday morning God. Although I love every moment you spend with me. 
but come here and live from this place. Live from this place. I feel like I feel like for a, a lot of us let me say it differently I, I feel like the father is speaking directly to to all of all of our hearts that there's been a time now that he has arrested us the priorities in perspective what's actually a priority, what actually matters, but arrested us into this place that says, come, now's the time. It's time for the church to come and live from this place. That it's not about a building. Although those things are great, God created us for community. How powerful would the church be if we all lived from this place when we came together? In constant communion with the Father. What does that look like? It means that you're always talking to Him. That you're always aware that He's there. That, that you recognize that you're living from a place of His presence rather than just going to His presence. You're living from Him because you're connected to him. It's not just your 30 minute prayer a day and, and you've done a deed. It, it, it's deeper than that. It's him consuming all of you. The Bible says, Return to me, church. I think that's what he's saying in this hour. Return to me. In fact, I know it's what he's saying because he says it to me all the time. Return to me and I'll return to you. Return to me. You know, the church, the church has said for so long, I want revival. I want God to move. And I wonder if, and I'm not saying that this has happened, but I wonder if God begins to show up. But then because of the things that are required in our life or what he's asking of us, we're like, oh. I don't know if I want that. I don't want to know if I want to do those things. It's a, it's a sobering thought. He responds to hunger. So he says, return to me. And then the other verse I was thinking of in Revelations where he says, you've done, you've done some amazing things, church. You've done great works. And I, and I think of it like, you know, wow, you can gather a crowd 
And you did it for the love of people and, and that's, you know, they're good things. He says, I, I'm, those were good things. But then he says, I have this thing against you. You lost that passion that you had at the beginning. You lost that love that you had for me. And I think that we can all think of this where when you first received Christ into your life, it consumed your thoughts. It, can, it, it consumed everything when you recognized how much your life had changed. It changed the way you looked at everything because now you had hope. And I think that this is the invitation that, that God would say in this hour, church, come back. Come live from my presence. Come let me overshadow you. Come back to this place. Come back to my heart. Come back to your first love. It's like that song, turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. I wonder if the world's so appealing to us because we stopped gazing at him and spent more time gazing at the world. I really want you to hear the Father's heart. I just, I read this and I, and I, and I even preparing for the message, it wasn't a stern, upset father. It was a father smiling saying, come, come. And I believe that he's about to move and he's saying, come, come, move with me. morning recognizing the seriousness of the word the heart behind the father recognizing the call that he was making to us, to me, to his church, to the body.
I woke up. And like never in my life before, I felt the fear of God. And it wasn't that I was afraid of him. It was this fear that of recognizing I cannot live without you. I can't. It was this awe that overtook me that's like, I can't. This is what the fear of God feels like. I must not lose you. I must do everything that I can. And as I went down into my room and I, I began to pray, I got on my knees. And I gave my heart to Jesus. You see, that's weird. You're the pastor and I hope you're saved. <laughs> I am. But recognizing that there were just pieces that I'd kept from him, pieces of my life that I'd kept from him, secrets that I ran to, shadows that I lived from, rather than being in that place. So I gave my life to him. Because of the seriousness of the hour, And I feel like there's a call for many of us for the same thing. Like I said last week, it's not business as usual. It's not business as usual. It's nothing to be afraid of. I, I, I'm excited for what God's doing, but it's not business as usual. It's time for the church to arise. And in fact, that's, I've totally left my notes, so I don't even know if I can follow, go back and follow them if I tried. But one of the verses that he gave me was, wake up, O sleeper. Arise from your sleep so that Christ can shine on you. Church, Church, this is, this is our wake-up call. This is the time to wake up so that Christ's light can shine on us. I don't want to play games. I don't want to mess around. Awake, oh sleeper. You who've lulled, been lulled to sleep by the things of the world. Some of us just even by hurts. It's time to wake up. Yeah. And then if you're watching this and you don't know Christ, you don't know Jesus. And in fact, if I were to ask you, you'd say something like, I've met church people. I don't want to be one of them. 
I've met church people, they're hypocrites. They're mean. I'm so sorry. I've probably been one of those people before too. But I promise you, God is nothing like church people <laughs> that have hurt you. It's not the same thing. He definitely did not like that you were treated, mistreated. But that's not who he is. That's not who Jesus is. You'll find Jesus is the one who, even in the midst of us hating him, in the midst of us rejecting him and spitting on him and beating him, his response was still, I love them. And this is who we follow. And this is why we're here. And this is why we do what we do. We're not perfect. The church is not perfect. We are not perfect people, but Jesus is. And his love is perfect. And this is why we come. And it's no accident that you're watching this right now. It's no accident. This is the heart of the Father. Wanting to intersect your life and change it and make it better. This is the Father, this is Jesus, both stepping in. I invite you to come and know Jesus. Adam, I guess praise and worship team. I'm gonna or Adam, if you just want to wait while I read this so that we remain. I'm just gonna finish reading Psalms 91. as a promise to us. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will save you from the trap of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you and completely protect you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge his faithfulness is a shield and a wall you will not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness nor the destruction that lays waste at noon a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but danger will not come near you you will only be a spectator as you look on with your eyes and witness the divine repayment of the wicked. As you watch safely from the shelter of the Most High. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you 
nor any plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels to guard you, to protect and defend and guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you do not even strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot because he has set his love on me. Therefore, I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he knows my name. He confidently trusts, relies in, knowing that I will never abandon him, no, never. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and I will honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and I will let him see my salvation. Be blessed. Well, God is good. That was a, another a message that'll get you right in the feelers. <laughs> it, uh, you could just hear the Father's heart oozing with every word that was spoken. Um, there's, a, there's a call for us to come home. And Megan, Pastor Megan alluded to um, if you if you don't know Jesus, there's a there's an open invitation. That door is a door that will never close. It's not it's not too late. So, if that's you, and you're in need of a savior, all you have to do is ask him to be your savior, and it's a done deal. So, if that's you, you can pray that with me and even I had this thought you know it's it's Megan was talking about if if you're if you've been a Christian a, a while and and there's little things that you can move away from God in and when you bring those to light it's it's amazing what will happen and and so what I said all that to say that if you are a Christian and there's even the little, the smallest area that you're not living in close fellowship with God in. And I know that there's a few in my life. Just take this minute right now and, and give your heart, all of your heart, all of your life, every fiber of your being back to the Father. It, it's time for us to live as that repentance, in that, in that place of repentance continual repentance so heavenly father we recognize that we're in need of you as our savior as our friend we want to live in your shadow all the days of our lives and we recognize that we need you jesus as as our lord and savior so come be that lord and savior in our lives forgive us for our, for our sins and Holy Spirit, come. Be that constant reminder of living that from that place of repentance in our lives. And we ask that in the mighty name of Jesus, that our lives are surrendered completely to you. In Jesus' name, 
pray. Amen. Amen, amen.